The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. Our differences worldwide would vanish if we were facing an alien threat from outside this world. And yet, I ask you, is not an alien force already among us? Exopolitics, paranormal phenomena, and deep analysis of current world events from somewhere in the desert between Area 51 and Roswell, blasting across the planet, the Manticore Network proudly presents Veritas, because the truth will set you free. Headline edition, July 8, 1947. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. I think it's time to open the books on the question of government investigations of UFOs. Uh, we ought to do it really because it's right. We ought to do it because the American people, quite frankly, can handle the truth. And we ought to do it because it's the law. Be skeptical. Do be as skeptical as you want, but by all, don't close your mind. Greetings to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of The Veritas Show, where you listen because you don't want to believe, you listen because you want to know. I'm your host, Mal Fabregas, and I sincerely thank you for tuning in once again. If you haven't heard of this show before, make yourself at home and enjoy tonight's ride. This is episode number 30. I hope those of you in the United States had a terrific 4th of July weekend. Veritas celebrated its seventh month on the air, thanks to you. For a few months, dozens of you have contacted me asking for one of the world's most respected UFO researchers and persistence, just as with Colin Andrews, has finally paid off again. Tonight's special guest is British best-selling author and researcher, Timothy Good. And by the way, during the interview, Timothy and I discussed a very important case of a pilot who was en route from the Dominican Republic to Puerto Rico. The pilot sent a May Day message, and we have the raw audio clip of his disappearance in the Bermuda Triangle. I've included at the end of this show the pilot's last words as he encountered a UFO and his plane vanished forever. Timothy Good will be with us in a few minutes. I want to express my gratitude to Colin Andrews for an outstanding show. The feedback continues to flow, and hope we can do part two at the end of the year. You have no idea 
how much the audience appreciated your dropping by the chat room to field their questions, and we look forward to your participation at the Magical Forum as well, since you have also become a member there. Wasn't it coincidental that during the week of our show, crop circle news were all over the place? The Mill Hill triple crop circle is still making heads turn, and even the weather service confirms the coronal mass ejections actually happened. And here are some words from one of our new Veritas subscribers. Thank you, Mel. Colin Andrews' interview alone was worth the price of subscribing. Thank you, Celeste. I'm working very hard to provide the value that all of you deserve. For more testimonials, click on the guestbook link on our website and see what others are saying. I'm humbled by all the comments. The Veritas Show is syndicated by the following affiliates. K-Rock's Zero Point Radio, the Black Vault Radio Network, and the Paranormal Radio Network, UPRN 105.8 FM, New Orleans. If you need to get in touch with me, very simple. Send an email to mail, that's M-E-L, at veritasshow.com, or head onto our website and click on the Contact button. Don't forget to stop by the Manticore Forum, where you can send questions to our future guests and discuss many topics with members around the world. Our chat room is another place where you can interact with me and other listeners usually on Friday and Saturday evenings. And here's a preview of our upcoming show with Joanne Richards, the Secret Military Space Program. So we were going to the moon definitely before... Apollo. We were publicly going to the moon. And in the 70s, we had a base on the moon. There was a, a base that had been there for a long time that had been an alien base. So it was kind of in ruins it was at the Copernicus Crater that we were, I don't know if you want to say refurbishing or if we were going to like rebuild it or rebuild one near there. Um, but we were there, yeah, 77. And then part of a whole nother incident in an invasion plot, um, the base was destroyed. But we had, and in fact, can't remember which Rockefeller. I want to say David, but he supposed there was a Rockefeller who was like in charge of that base, and he supposed publicly had died in the early 60s, but he was actually part of this group that was on the the moon, putting together a base. Um, my husband was in charge of the air battle over China because two huge dimensional gates had opened up and just hordes of alien ships were coming through and their job was to stop as many of them as they could. So that's the lights the people saw the air battle except they didn't know what it was. You know, we know that other species have the ability to cause earthquakes. The reason why they have these big natural disasters is to hide the fact that um, aliens are scooping up humans and taking them back out to space to sell them for bad things. You know, so they had, sitting there waiting to go back out to space, six ships of humans ready to go that they had called, and the earthquake is a perfect way to hide that, you know, all these people are missing because they just would assume they would die in the earthquake. Space Magazine, Aviation Week, it had been documented by the RAND Corporation. Um, It had been documented that the RAND Corporation developed nuclear-powered machinery for creating the underground tunnels at the base, as well as on Earth to create a network of underground tunnels and complexes. Our main base was at the Copernicus Crater, was built into the ruins of a massive alien complex, 
we were not alone on the moon. There had been aliens there in the past, and there was one there in 1977. According to astronaut Neil Armstrong, like you quoted, the aliens had a base on the moon and told us in no uncertain terms, terms to get off and stay off the moon. All of the larger alien moon bases had been moved to the un, uh, dark side centuries ago to keep them hidden from our growing ability to observe space with telescopes. In 1977, there were over 46 known alien bases or stations on the moon that were still operational, and dozens more in ruins, and our sudden ability to travel into space had caught them off guard. So, I mean, my feeling is if, if there were that many there in 1977, I can't imagine that they're still not there. They're, they've got this amazing belief system, and then their whole civilization is based on food, family, and mating, basically. So a very simple life. And like just, again, with Dulce, I mean, our government knew that that was there. We allowed that base to be there. We allowed them to kidnap people and take them there. And some of our own government people were going there and having orgies and torturing the victims and stuff. So we, we do have a lot of... Uh, government people who um, know about this stuff and let it happen. Part of his job was to spread the misinformation and, you know, get right. the public to think they were crazy or no, that was a hoax, no, that didn't happen. And then part of it, you know, it's one of the things I learned is that, you know, the military for years has been sharing stuff with like filmmakers and TV shows as part of the way to see how much the public was ready to to learn about or you know how much they could accept he knows exactly who killed kennedy i don't really know why they've kept him alive i'm grateful that they have but i think part of it is too that he knows so much that and he also it's like i'm sure that he's got a way that if they killed him the information would get out there anyway was that a cryptic message that you're sending out <laughs> if he and and this partly goes because you know people ask me it's like well why would why didn't he you know they've kept him in prison so long why doesn't he just tell all and I says well because he is an honorable military officer and that's the way he was raised and you don't break your oath he's an honorable honorable military officer who supposedly was framed for a murder he did not commit how is that fair but there was a tunnel that went from there to Bolivia <laughs> from wait wait from Mount Shasta to Bolivia. Yeah, or at least it hooks up with the whole system that goes, you know, so these tunnels are everywhere. Uh -huh. It's like, oh my gosh. And that's how, and some of our guys or whatever came in through the vents, and then some of them, you know, followed followed in when the doors opened, because it's all covered up by a hologram, so you'll just think you're looking at the desert. I don't know that Mark has any personal knowledge about Thomas Costello, and, you know, like you, I've heard that he brought the information out, he's hid it in several places, you know, and he was supposedly supposed to you know, meet with, you know, come out, come out of hiding every so often. And so people would know he was all right, but that people haven't heard from him in a long time. So, right. That's, that's moved, uh, all I know. Just like Bill Cooper, just like Phil Schneider, they all ship their families, their wives and kids away. And all of yeah. a sudden they disappear or die yeah. or go to so. jail. And now... Get ready to spend the night with one of the best researchers in the UFO field, Timothy Good. If you want to know the latest about the Bermuda Triangle, alien bases, 
military UFO encounters, abductions, hybrids, and much more. Don't go anywhere. And you're listening to The Veritas Show. Timothy Good has conducted worldwide research on the UFO phenomenon, including interviewing key witnesses and discussing the subject with astronauts, military and intelligence specialists, pilots, politicians, and scientists. He has lectured at universities, schools, and at many organizations and has even been invited for discussions at the Pentagon in 1998 and at the headquarters of the French Air Force in 2002. He has acted as consultant for several United States congressional investigations. Born in London, Timothy Good gained a scholarship as a violinist to the Royal Academy of Music, where he won prizes for solo, chamber, and orchestral playing. He played for 14 years with the London Symphony Orchestra, He has also freelanced as a session player for television dramas, commercials, feature films, and recordings with pop musicians. Among those he has recorded for are Phil Collins, the late George Harrison, Elton John, Paul McCartney, Rod Stewart, and U2. His most recent book is entitled Need to Know, UFOs, the Military, and Intelligence. And from London, England, We are honored to have with us tonight world-renowned UFO researcher and best-selling author, Timothy Good. Hello, Timothy. Welcome to The Veritas Show. How are you? I'm fine, Mel. Thank you very much. My pleasure. After so many requests, Timothy, from some of your fans who also listen to Veritas, we are finally granting their wish. Oh, great. You have no idea of how many times I hear your name from past guests and members of the audience, but especially one guest that rings a bell is Richard Dolan. Oh, yes, good, good. He attributes one of your books above Top Secret as the reason why he got into the the field. That's right, yeah. He saw the book, could not put it down, and his life was never the same. But let's have Richard Dolan say it in his own words. And uh, it was funny. I was in a bookstore one day, popping around, and I saw Tim Good's very excellent Above Top Secret, subtitled The Worldwide UFO Cover-Up. Right. And it was a big, fat book uh, on display, and I thought, oh, wow, looks kind of neat. I remember leafing through it, and um, and then, and of course, in the back of his book, he has the appendices, which included the MJ-12 documents, and they sure as heck looked um, interesting, and I wondered, gee, can they be true? And so I bought the book. You know, if, if it was important, why had not any legitimate academic historian really tried to tackle it, even if it was a mistake? If, if it was true that some three- or four-star general... Uh, took this topic seriously in the 1940s or 50s, then why wouldn't it be in a history book? Right? So, I mean, it's interesting. 
so that book, that book at the store, let's call it an understandably fascinating object that penetrated your scholastic radar. Was that the, let's call it a UFO sighting, was that what changed your life and the direction of your career? Yeah, I guess it did. I mean, I would have to say finding Tim Good's book that day was a, a real turning point. But many may not realize that you have been researching the UFO phenomenon for almost 50 years? It, well, it, I got interested in 1955, Mel. I was given a book which had been written by Major Donald Kehoe describing reports from air traffic controllers, military pilots, airline pilots, and so forth. And I was immediately hooked because, well, in fact, the guy who gave it to me was a, a, a sort of second cousin in America, American cousin, and he knew of my passion for aviation and space travel, which I've always been hooked on for as long as I can remember. So it was a natural progression. But I didn't start my own research until 1961, and that was just after reading Captain Edward Rappelt's fantastic book, The Report on Unidentified Flying Objects, uh, who, as many listeners will realize, um, Rappelt headed uh, Project Blue Book and yes. uh, was, was the first head of, of Project Blue Book. And he came out in that book and said, you know, it, it, uh, what does it take? Does, a, does, one, does one of these things have to land on the White House lawn? The usual sort of comments people make. And he was clearly convinced that some of these things were absolutely genuine. As we always do on this show, Timothy, please take us back prior to what made you dive into this field. I believe you also have a background in classical music. And I also believe studying classical music in particular hones certain aspects of consciousness, perception, certainly to a very fine point. Take us back to the where, when, and how you got into this field. Well, first of all, let me say there's, there's no connection, whatever, really, with, with music and uh, my, my um, fascination with the UFO subject. But uh, I, my father was a professional violinist, and so... I suppose it was a natural progression. I started to, uh, he, he started to teach me from the age of five until I went to um, various, uh, you would call them uh, private schools um, later on when uh, I had other teachers. And then finally I went to the Royal Academy of Music where I studied with several teachers and I had other teachers after that. And uh, from about 1963, I was a fully-fledged uh, professional violinist playing with symphony orchestras. I started off on a tour of America. It was, a, I think, a 12-week tour of Canada and the States with the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. We went just about everywhere. And it was a, my first trip to America, and I was thrilled. I, I was so pleased. And then in 1964, I started playing with the London Symphony Orchestra, uh, with, with whom I played for... 14 years, and after that I did 20 years of playing with other orchestras, um, but mostly what we call session work, which is doing backing for, for pop groups and um, films, feature films, playing for commercials, television commercials, or jingles as we call them, television series, things like that. Uh, nowadays, I, I freelance mostly in the classical field with chamber orchestras and, and symphony orchestras on a freelance basis. So what was the moment when you decided, I want to dive into the UFO-related field, 
and become a researcher. 1961, as I say, after reading uh, Captain Rappel's book, I was, I was inspired. I was completely hooked, and that was it. So I started doing research in the very early 1960s. First of all... Um Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.